Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a hell-raising episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Hellraiser from Mr. David S. Goyer. He of 30 Days of Night fame. He made that movie, John. I don't know if you remember are you t- that. Are you talking about the writer? He he definitely was not the director. I thought of he directed year. it. No, no. Just no, kidding. No. What do I know? I'm just the podcast host, John. <laughs> this is a... I don't uh, even know if he wrote it, actually. Oh, he, it's his story by... There you go. Got it. David Bruckner. Oh, Bruckner. Fine. Same first name. It's basically the same person. <laughs> the Davids. This is a new Hellraiser that is out. It's essentially a remake. It's out on the Hulu. We're going to review that quick here but first up joining me from manhattan new york city please welcome josh nars to the show ahoy indeed next up from indiana please welcome casey hello and last up tonight joining us from memphis tennessee please welcome elizabeth back to the show howdy guys um hellraiser john (laughs) A movie directed by some guy named David. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cenobites. Cenobites. Do, do, should we go through why David Bruckner was an exciting choice? Yeah, it has a storied production history I was reading today. Did, okay. Oh, I, I, well, that part I didn't. You know what? I, I he's have, just cool. He's directed other good movies. Yeah, The Night House, right? Correct. I have no um, segue here, so let's get right into it and review okay. Hellraiser. John, tell me about David Bruckner. David Bruckner, uh, as Elizabeth mentioned, most recently director of The Night House, which... Great movie. We loved. Great film. Uh, Previous to that, directed The Ritual... Remember that one, Eric? Can you remember what happened in The Ritual? The Ritual is the dudes whose friend died and they go out to the forest and there's like a deer monster thing. Ding, 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 ding. That's right. Not a big fan. Whoa, what? Hot tape. (laughs) I feel like we got to rewind the tape on that. dude? You may need to rewatch that. I liked the the monster. That was about it. It's cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to trust right here that you remember enough of that movie to tell me if you I just told you what it was about. (laughs) (laughs) he's also listed as director on southbound do you guys remember southbound i don't know if he did all of it or just yeah i think he just did one of the yeah he did one of the segments on that yeah um that sounds like a thing i've heard of before it was decent that was back when we did on this year podcast did we Hmm. yeah that was like like late 2000s when they started bringing back the anthologies like right around the 2010s i think it was that well he also i I think he did one of the vhs's too he did the one of the first vhs yeah they're making a new vhs john do you know that really yeah vhs 99 it's coming soon okay so they're making they're making more than one because i just saw vhs like 83 or 86 or something being promoted yeah i thought i saw like 85 or something Uh (laughs) but i do kind of like it's one of those dates (laughs) first of all i'm all for just dumb yearly franchises let's do it like it, it doesn't need to be brilliant and i'm even though i didn't love that last one i do like this idea of like just a year like um vhs 79 like who cares it's kind yeah. of fun because it gives you a place um, and time to kind of set it in. 
Yeah, it's a nice, yeah, right. it's a cool assignment for the. I didn't see the last one. You guys did it without me on the show. It's not great. Um, I didn't miss a lot. It's got no, one. I mean, it's got one really, really solid segment that it opens with, and then the it's Rat like Rat Man one, and that's about. It. And oh, then it's all I downhill did see from that there. One. I saw yeah. the Rat Radma. Hail Radma. Radma. Yeah. I, I like. Think I, I only like, watched that one. I like Rat like, Man better. Rat man. John. Yes. Yeah. I well boy, I hope the word of the day isn't rat man, or this is gonna be real embarrassing. Please <laughs> bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word Leviathan. Mm. L-E-V-I-A-T-H-A-N. Leviathan. Comes to us from the Bible. Oh shit. Familiar with the, the Bible? Bible? Yeah. Uh, in biblical use, a sea monster identified in different passages with the whale and the crocodile, and there's actually and with the devil. Excuse me. Uh, there, there's it's you know tied to a lot of things. A very large aquatic creature, especially a whale, a thing that is very large or powerful, especially a ship, mm. and an autocratic monarch or state. Nice. That, those are in order of sort of like. Least metaphorical to most as a child. I guess. As a child, John, I learned the word Leviathan from a magic card, from a Magic the Gathering card. Oh yeah, that was like the strongest blue card. Oh, yeah, it was like a big old whale, big old scary looking whale. Well, ten ten action. Yes, I remember. Yeah. All right, how have we never had this conversation before, John? Oh God, get me my, excited. My over son here. is now trying to. Uh, Get into magic. It's, oh, wow. I'm not Whoa. super pumped about it. <laughs> well, it's crazy. When I Leviathan. I always think of the uh, Thomas Hobbes. All right, nerd. Stuff. No, I, because <laughs> I think I did really bad on that like paper or something. Yeah. It's just in my head. To, like, magic, I think that's the, that's magic cards the are crazy now because it's no. just turned into like, um, a, you might say a Leviathan of like a business. And so they just release new sets quarterly on a, on a, schedule basically and it's like here yeah. you go here's four thousand new cards to buy it's hard to keep up really i'm is. still processing leviathan so yeah royal assassin that was another good one hey john why don't you tell me uh what hellraiser is about should i start naming magic cards from 1991 clone um, that was my favorite clone that was a good one. hellraiser i mean I don't know how much time we want to spend on the series Hellraiser. No, we don't have to spend any. Just tell me what this movie's about. Uh, so the movie, I should have pulled this up because I need the people's names. Riley is our main character mm -hmm. in this, this latest reboot, relaunch of the Hellraiser series. Riley is a recovering addict. I, I mean, I guess alcohol, but like some pills too. There's, mm -hmm. a, there's some pill stuff going on. Um, she is living with her brother uh, and like two other roommates. Um, she is involved with a guy that she met in a 12 step program, which the brother frowns upon. Real, and it's, it's, real it's, cool it's guy. Some, cool guy. Excuse me. He's a real cool guy. Trevor, I think. Is that Trevor? Or is Trevor the brother? I don't know, John. I think Trevor's the brother. In any event. You tell me what I watched. Uh... In any event, so she's got the boyfriend. He sucks her into a plot. I, like, what would he, I guess, was like a delivery person slash he worked in a warehouse. And then the warehouse was getting shut down. 
there was one container left in the warehouse and he's like, Hey, we can go in there because that thing's been there forever. Let's just go like steal whatever's in there. But I don't know what it is. They go in, they open the container. They find one safe inside this huge container inside the safe is a box. And inside the box is the Hellraiser cube, which we just discussed pre-show is called the lament lament configuration well, no cube. see in the the original series I'll push my glass up they just yeah, refer no, to sure. it they just what? refer to it as a lament configuration that's what they call it in this movie the lament configuration is one of the stages of the solved there's like five or six stages of solving see, it it's a cube uh so let's, call it, let's call it the puzzle box how's that yes yeah, the puzzle box that's that's what i always like when I was talking about Hellraiser, which I do, yeah, they called it. It's, that's the, uh, I would I would accept that shorthand. Yeah, that. puzzle box is what I would have called. So um, they find the puzzle box. Oh, I have one. I should have brought it. She, oh, geez, of course you do. Um, <laughs> she takes the puzzle box and starts playing with it. Now, at this point, we have seen through flashback, or maybe it's the opening scene of the film. There is a gentleman named Roland Voigt. And Roland has a um, a sort of like business collaborator. Her name's Serena. We see them using the puzzle box. There's even like a, I don't know if we get a Cenobite reveal in that sequence, but we see that Roland has created this whole like elaborate mansion with like cool architecture to basically just service his fascination with the Hellraiser box. So that's like kind of happening in the background. Now we see the box again. Um, she gets sort of sucked into it. And so the setup here, and this was, I think, different from, and maybe this is, I don't know, there's like 18 Hellraiser movies. I've only seen the first two. So what of this is new versus like comes in from earlier films? Um, I don't, you know, I don't, but he, um, when you solve the box, a knife pops out. The knife is new. Yes. Okay. I like the knife. There but have there been some. There have been. There was like blood. Now there have in been some, the cube in the past. There have been some things with blood and sacrifices and stuff, but there, the cube has never actively attacked you like it does in this movie. Okay. It's also like kind of silly, like the way it attacks yeah, you it's because like, it's it's, it's like, like a gag gift that you would give someone yes. instead of like a snake <laughs> popping out of the cube. It's like a knife stabs you in the hand. <laughs> it's um, like those like shock pens, like whatever the like yeah, that yeah. you like a. It's, um, I mean, the first time it happens, cause it happens in that very first scene, it's pretty gruesome the way that it happens. And, and so what happens is when the ba- box stabs you, your blood goes into the box and you're now like property of Cenobite world. You know, what's fun. You're not even to the convoluted part yet. <laughs> no, I know. You just cut out the middleman and you just give the blood. You're like, the, you're the like it just in the setup still. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, That's why I read the synopsis three times before this. So, okay. All right. So let's try to wrap this up. Um, She then like basically at first accidentally, but then um, she realizes she needs to advance the cube to its like last configuration. Because at that point you get a Congress with evil God, whatever he's called the Leviathan and you get a wish and so she, her wish at this point is to bring her brother back, who, whom she has accidentally condemned to Cenobite, you know, torture. And so that's sort of the rest of the film is like she's trying to like figure out what's going on. But she like sort of has this plan that if she can just get to the end, she can get her brother back. Um, many more things are revealed. That's where it like 
the middle of the movie, I would say yeah. at this point. So for for reference, and that that original film, literally all that happens is, I mean, there's fa- there's there's fa- listen, there's family plot. Uh, no, that's well, that's part. There's well, no, that's woman in the first part one, but like there's family stuff, but that's just for that movie. But like mythos wise, Christy solves the box. The Cenobites come out and they go to kill her. But then when they real basically they end up giving her an offer, which is that her uncle Frank, who had previously solved the box and then found a way to escape hell because Julia resurrected him, they want him back. So they're like, if you bring us Frank, then we'll spare you. And that's basically the whole plot of the movie. It's just her trying to get like trick her uncle Frank to going back to hell, basically. Who but at this point stuff about like who the at this point of flesh or something. Who at right? this point like, has murdered her father. And is wearing his skin. Yeah, well, that's, so that's why, because he's one of these, like, pleasure seeker. Like, he he does it because mm. he wants to find out what the pleasures are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, there you go. Um, <laughs> Casey. Yes. What do you think of Hellraiser 2022? So... I've I've always enjoyed Hellraiser. I'm not a diehard. I really like the first two. I've watched all the sequels because I forced myself to and really kind of fuzzed out on those after like the third one. The So my grasp of the lore and stuff like that isn't necessarily the greatest. But going into this movie, I had some high hopes just because I know the last couple recent remakes I was uh, not at all. And I didn't enjoy it at all, so I was excited to see this. I I liked some of the directions that they were showing us ahead of time. I liked the idea of going with a female pinhead, all that good stuff. So I was a little excited. And by the time I got through this, uh, at the end, I was fairly happy. I was pretty well entertained, and I liked this. And it was kind of what I was hoping for a Hellraiser movie. It felt like a Hellraiser movie. Um, Hell was more- raised? Yes. That's <laughs> true. Well, it felt more like the Hellraiser movies than like a lot of the sequels do. That was like a key point. It felt like it felt it meshed in well with the original two movies, which is, you know, let's be honest. That's usually if you talk to somebody that's into Hellraiser, that's the two that they like. Like you said, Schnars, those are the two you've seen. One of the things I always did get into, I do enjoy the lore of Hellraiser, but there's so many of them and the sequels are so loose. I never kept up with it, but like, there's a lot of geekiness going on that Clive Barker put into those characters with the Cenobites and where they're from and stuff like that. And there was a lot of that in those first movies that I don't think when I saw it at a young age, I picked up on. So while I still enjoyed the movies, I was still confused on a lot of it. This one, I really enjoyed how they kind of broke down the lore that was going on to this stuff. And it was fairly clear, um, fairly easy to follow i liked there's just a lot in there we got to see a lot about the puzzle box the different configurations and we get some lessons on like what you were solving those for and what you can get for doing that etc more of their motivations i liked it we got a little more of a glimpse of leviathan and stuff like that so i like those nerdy bits of it Overall, it was a solid movie. It's not necessarily my favorite movie. It wasn't necessarily mind-blowing, but for a Hellraiser movie coming out on Hulu, I was pretty happy with it. Elizabeth. Um, okay. So I, for the most part, did enjoy this movie. And I am, I mean, we can say, like, new to the Hellraiser. I mean, 
Okay, let me put it this way. I used to <laughs> drink a lot and uh, I'd watch a lot of movies and I don't remember a lot of them. So this Hellraiser franchise falls into that time of my life and um, it was brand new to me and I really enjoyed it. It made me want to read the novella and um, it just, well, I like to I like to read things things are based on anyway, but it was, I, I liked it. There was a few, there were a few things that I guess weren't my favorite parts of it. Um, it's definitely not a perfect film, let's say. Uh, I don't love it when movies use addiction as like a plot device. Now, if if it's done in such a way that is like commenting on the characters or really enhancing the story overall in a meaningful way, I can totally be into and even have fun with a movie that like that's a through line. A really good example of that actually is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. No spoiler, but um, it it deals with addiction in a different way, and it, that feels way more organic to me. This feels really shoehorned in to make it more gritty and like to make her a specific type of um, um, underdog that always kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but beyond that, I do like the. It doesn't. It felt a little like Candyman to me, in that it's very polished, but supposed to feel like that dirty, kind of gritty feel. That does not bother me or feel inauthentic. I like that sort of like um, glam gore that the Hellraiser series hmm. does. Glam gore, I, like I guess. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, that it didn't. It wasn't enough to lose me though the few things that I did find wrong with it. So um, I sent an email and I, I still, it's kind of growing on me the more time that, that passes uh, from last night when I watched it. But uh, I would definitely watch another one entry in this. John. Yeah, I, so we watch, I think we did Hellraiser on the show, like, or I have watched it maybe not. I had seen it when I was younger and then, Watch it again more recently. And one of the things that surprised me is it's pretty small budget. Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's original, almost like yeah. a, yeah, I mean, it's like an indie film, you know, like the, the original. And so, and that the second one, whether or not the budget is actually bigger, there's a lot more effects. Scope. They're like going into hell. Yeah. Like, the, you know, it, it, it's doing, it's trying to, it's more ambitious visually. If anything, the thing to say about this movie is it's like the Hellraiser that you would get if they put a lot of time and energy into It feels like a studio art version direction. of it. Yeah. But like and sort of to Elizabeth's point, not I don't say that as a negative. Like it works. David Bruckner is like super interesting person to have given this franchise to. Um he clearly had a vision for what he wanted it to look and feel like. Um you know, I don't have like oh, your point on the main character and her addiction. Like it's it's a good point. Like I don't, it didn't bother me. But you're right. It's definitely it's like a screenwriting shortcut more than anything else. Well, it's like in a it's like in a Nicholas Sparks movie, someone having cancer, or like, it's just a reason, <laughs> a way to get to this place where like I don't feel like it's always earned. Well, it yeah, it lets you like shortcut certain things about the character where you're like she's a broken woman right. and just wants to like. Do right by her brother, whom she's put through so much, yeah. including sending him to Cenobite land. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like ultimately I had a good time with this. 
if I have complaints, and I certainly do, um, my first is that it's too long. Um, it's it's like maybe right at two hours or a little over two hours. Two hours it yeah. felt like three hours at times. Uh-huh. Some of that is like it. There's just so much plot. There's just an astronomical. I mean, you were joking when I was doing the the synopsis or whatever we call that, but uh, it's it's a lot. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of like what I mean. One of the things that works so much for the original film and and even some of the subsequent film, or at least the second one, is there Clive Barker hints at a universe and this like sort of deep on, you know, well of evil slash sensation or whatever the hell it is. And here they're like, let us describe the universe to you and <laughs> show you many of the things visually. Um, and like, it's all cool. Like the art, again, the art direction I think really works. Um, I love the house that, that, Roland builds and like has this insane cage around it. I mean, like they, they did not spare expenses on, on doing some of this stuff. Um, but it's definitely, you know, there's a version of this that's like 30 minutes shorter and probably a lot tighter. Um, just in editing, you would, I don't think you need to change much. It just needs an ax taken to it. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair. Um, so yeah, like, I I enjoyed this. I would watch a sequel that this team did. I would prefer one that was like, you know, they they kind of tightened it up a little. But um, I don't know. I'm very Get it together, curious David Goyer. We we can come back to this later. But I'm very curious. Was there like a neckbeard contingent on the internet who was upset about the female? Um, I'm sure. Pinhead? I'm sure. I didn't hear a lot of. There it, was. But... I think there was at the very at the initial announcement, but that's been a while. Okay. Because ever you know, with the Ghostbusters, like people still don't let that go. So yeah, yeah, I didn't know, but um, it was fun. She was good. I, uh, she's listed as the priest. Yeah, that's in the credits. that's the what the character's name is in the novella, which I've actually read. You know, oh, you know, here on this, oh, I, you know, on the show, John, I read so little that I love to lord it over everyone yeah, when yeah. I have read something. I have read the novella that this movie yeah. is based on. Y'all, that means he read like. 48 pages or something. I did it. I actually read it on a, I read it on a flight to like a, one of our meetup, like a horror hound weekend or something like that. Um, has, has so up. few pages given rise to so many. I mean, really? Yeah. So it's super yeah. interesting. The novellas, like the plot of the first two films is like, is definitely more closely adapted from it, but it's changed dramatically. There's actually, way more sex stuff in the book. Like it's a lot more yeah. about the line between pleasure and pain in like a sexual way. Like it's very clearly like an, a book about like a horror S and M story, basically. But that is the first movie. Like when the things that are, and yeah, I, yeah, but it's, it's probably been 10 it's years. It's more explicit it, in the book. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, Eric, before you get started, since you're our Lord nerd here, um, going off of what, like what John and Elizabeth were both talking about with the addiction angle. I have a vague memory that there is a mention early on in the films or in that novella where people with addiction were, they mentioned how they were kind of a target for them because they were already past a certain point. Interesting. Yeah. I don't remember that. See, See, here's the thing, because this is what I've always taken away from these films. And would be different. I feel like if that was like a larger story. Here's the interesting thing though, that I, they didn't point that out here. Here's what I've always taken away from the book, from the book and the movies, which is that, they're not typical slasher villains in the sense that they prey on people, at least like traditionally. It's more like 
they're specifically called by a person and like, sure, maybe there's in, especially in the later movies. So like one and two really hues more closely to this where one and two really is about Frank. And then when they, and then in the second one, there's this doctor who has a like mute patient who's really good with puzzles, solve the puzzle. Cause he wants the pleasure and the pain, whatever. When they show up, they see Christy. And at that point, they're basically like, look, bitch, we've now seen you twice. Like you're on our list. Like that's basically what happens. But there is an air, but there, but there is an air about them, which is they don't give a fuck about you. Like they do not, they are above the like affairs of man. It's just that if they show up and you're there, you're now going to get some, you're going to get some shit from them. And it's like, because they just enjoy doing it. And there's to me been always something extra scary about their ambivalence towards humans it's yeah. like they're just well, they're they are like so gods, above it yes yeah. yeah it's like that sounds very much like greek gods too um and i so i love i'm i love those first two movies i think they're like easy like top 20 all-time horror films um they are so incredibly unique they're so scary they're so visually unique and stunning i think that um an interesting thing about them is you don't hear a lot of people talk about them being their favorite films the way you do about like a Halloween. And honestly, my theory on that is that you can get comfy with a slasher over time. Like a slasher, a good slasher you've seen like 50 times is like a warm bath to slip into. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen Hellraiser. There is nothing comfortable about watching either of those movies, the first two movies. They're nightmares to sit. Like you are so uncomfortable. It is some of the most horrifying body horror shit you will ever see. You never feel safe. You never feel comfortable. So like, I just don't think they become nostalgia watches for people the way that some of these other movies do. And it's maybe affected like the way people talk about them a little bit, but it's like, I just think they're undeniable as, as films. Um, I've only seen three and four after that three, they were trying to turn it into like a bigger budget, thing and it really kind of falls in its face four is where they go to space but there is also a bunch of flashbacks to victorian times and the person who created the box which is very interesting so like there's some interesting stuff going on in part four um but again they really start turning them more into slasher villains which kind of gets away from it and i haven't seen the other ones i'm not even going to pontificate on those but there's there's like 10 there's a bunch yeah so at that point what they started doing was I mean, and they talked about this. They were actively taking other scripts and being like, could we put Cenobites in this? And so they became like one-off stories of like, here's a solid story where somebody just happens to summon a Cenobite and now there's Cenobites here. Um, <laughs> so anyway, to, for what that's worth. But I'm, yeah. I'm like 50-50 on this movie. I think that it is, man, it's so surreal watching these this story and these characters get resurrected in this modern vehicle because they just feel so 80s and sort of like for me i guess maybe because i just haven't seen a new one in a long time it's it's it was very kind of strange i think they they nail the cenobite designs it's interesting that they totally did away with the leather like fetish stuff and it's basically just like they're all wearing like flayed flesh costumes basically yeah um, with different piercings and stuff they're all great the actors are great i think jamie clayton is fantastic as pinhead i love her look um 
it's a really pretty movie. It looks really great. Although it's really the orange and teal scourge in this movie is aggressive. Like it's very, it's the most orange <laughs> and teal movie I think I've seen this year, which is pretty obnoxious, but I love the set design. I think that they, they bring a lot of it into the light in an interesting way, especially in the finale and that that mansion is so well lit. You might even argue like maybe a little too well lit, but it's just gorgeous. The design in that mansion the little details, like the puzzle. I, I hate, I really don't like the thing with the fucking knife coming out of the box. It's really corny. Yeah. It comes out of one side, one little spot. So it's really easy to not get cut. Like, well, she avoids it at 70% a point. chance. Like, you don't get gotcha. cut by that thing based on where it's coming out. And their whole plan <laughs> yes. is fucking foiled. Like they are relying on you accidentally cutting yourself on it basically. So that's really silly. And I don't know why the thing had to have a thing. And maybe that was it from the novella. I don't really know. Um, it just seemed like a silly. Come on, it's only forty-eight pages. You don't remember. It seemed like a silly <laughs> detail, but other than that, I really enjoyed the design of the box, and I enjoyed. They show you a lot more detail of the transformations, which I thought was really cool. Um, I think, man, there's the one Cenobite has like emphysema or something, and is making like the worst breathing sound known to man. It's, <laughs> I mean, I think that there's, and this is really the movie's credit. There are a lot of moments where the Cenobites are genuinely horrifying. Like, and I found them scary and I found it suspenseful and like kind of horrifying in that way that I think they're intended to be, which is this like uh, Lovecraftian, unknowable terror kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, I think, I mean, I'll just, I, I'm probably the most negative on the plot in the sense that I think it's a mess. Like, I think this movie reeks to me like, it fell victim to audience screenings. Like people come out of this movie and be like, what? I don't understand the stages of the box. And so like some fucking screener had to go in and write like 50 pages of dialogue. They had to go reshoot. Like at some, they they literally, at one point she finds a notebook and the notebook just, it's all there. It's basically like a textbook. It is basically like that meme of Charlie day from always sunny with his fucking (laughs) board. But it, but it makes way more sense. Like she looks at it. She's like, Oh yeah, six stages. It doesn't end there though. Like, like this movie should be 90 minutes. There is my question. They did go into the most insane amount of granular explanation about what happens and why. So why the fuck, why do, why did I have to look it up three times? Because it's kind of like, like, it doesn't make sense. It's too much information. (laughs) It's that thing narcissists do where they give you too much information (laughs) to process. And then you're just like, I don't remember any of it. And they're like, you're a fucking idiot. So I like, I know it's become, okay, it's become a meme at this point that I want all movies to be 90 minutes. Don't let my ability to run any joke into the ground distract from the fact that this movie is 30 (laughs) minutes too fucking long. Like, there is so much Scooby-Doo bullshit in this movie that is boring and, like, okay, a little, for the plot, a little bit of Scooby-Doo bullshit makes sense because our main characters are discovering this for us and, like, filtering it for us so that we understand what's happening. I get that. There's 30 minutes too much of it. It's crazy how much of it. And at some point in the beginning of the third act, you're like, holy hell, will something just happen? Like, let's, can something happen, please? Then the Cenobites really show up and get in your face. And like, Pinhead was the only one that I could really understand what she was saying. The other ones, the audio is very weird. And I turned the subtitles on on Hulu and they were 15 seconds ahead. So they weren't even helping me. So I had to turn them off. So I missed a, a lot of what the other Cenobites said I did not catch. It sounded creepy. I couldn't tell you what the hell they said. Yeah, I think it was just like vaguely threatening. But yeah, like, it was just threats. But 
what Pinhead is doing at some point when we're in the mansion at the end is like laying out what she needs to do. And this is how I described over email. It's like Pinhead is thirsty in a way that I don't really think matches with my idea of what this character is, which is like Doug Bradley showed up, said one fucking thing and went away. And if you didn't get it, your ass was done. Like the chains were coming, you're dead. She like explains it. Then she comes back and explains it again. She keeps popping up in front of her face and being like, okay, but if I you do step four, then I'm going to do step five. But if you don't do step three, then you better fucking hope I don't get to step six. I, it's like I what I was picturing in it's my like head. It's like the parent that keeps being like, we're going to turn this around yes. now. I will yes. go back home. It's like me, right? It's like me, it's like me when I'm like uselessly yelling at my kids, I'm going to do something they know I'm not going to do. But like at some point I was picturing like an SNL digital short. Like what I want is an SNL digital short making fun of this where Pete Davidson is pinhead and in the middle of one of his soliloquies, like, like a record scratch happens and all the creepy music stops and he just busts into that voice. Like, yeah. Okay. But then like this, but no, remember what I said? Like, (laughs) I think it's totally tension killing to have pinhead talking this much. I think a little bit more was okay. But the fact that she's just explain it, like I needed friggin' abacus to understand what the hell she was saying in this movie. Like, I get the basic gist of it. it I just think it's too much. And I think I, I do think it's a shame because, like, we see a lot of movies that are very, like, oh, this doesn't have it. This doesn't have what it needs. Go back to the drawing board. I don't think that's the case because, like I said, mm-hmm. I sound really negative on it, but it's visually a really awesome-looking movie. They killed the Cenobites. There's a lot of tension you go back to the editing booth and cut 20 minutes out of this even. And I think you've got a really tight, really effective movie because I, I just think the one thing I was saying over email is like part of, I think what makes the sound of scary in the first two movies is leaving a lot of what they exactly are doing up to imagination. And yeah. I do agree though, that like that is obtuse in an eighties way that maybe doesn't fly now or could be improved upon. I just think if they were at a four, they could have cranked it up to a seven of exposition. And instead, they went to like a 12. Well, I would argue they were at like a two right. originally. And I think you're probably right that there's like a studio exec or somebody, you know, somebody at some level creatively was like, guys, if we're relaunching this series, we really, you know, we got to introduce the whole lore. Like, we got to get it all in here. Well, like to Elizabeth's and, point, they they literally show us or you maybe you said, it, John, they literally show us a, a book with it all written out, and she just yeah. goes over it. Like, that's all I needed. I didn't need the Cenobites to keep repeating it for me, like a teacher even, who thinks I'm not paying even attention. Even when um, Roland, so this is like, we're going to go into spoiler territory. Even when Roland comes back, he has several <laughs> exposition <laughs> sequences where yeah. it's like, dude, we get it. Like, you're yeah, in pain. You're They're torturing you. Yeah, yeah, like, you don't need to tell me what's happening. You've already yeah. shown it to me. Also, like, so we have, like I a, mean, it's a they also, show you and then they tell if we talk yeah, about the, you have a train engine shoved through your chest. We know. Yeah. Your <laughs> <laughs> also, though, if we talk about the gifts, it's hilarious. Like, so they the Cenobites. So when you solve all six phases of the box, you get a, an audience. You get an audience with Leviathan. Now that imagery is taken straight from Hellraiser 2, that like uh, the, the diamond, diamond yeah, shaped yeah. thing. So in Hellraiser 2, we see that diamond floating above hell. Like there's a mm-hmm. great matte painting actually in Hellraiser 2 that was like a maze. Yeah, yeah. And then it's but and what it's not as explicitly drawn like I guess maybe the Dr. Shenard character like talks to it kind of. I don't know. But like um this is much more explicit. Like that is your final boss you're trying to get to in this movie. 
But there's six gifts and one of them literally is like love. Like that sounds fine. Why wouldn't you pick that one? <laughs> Why wouldn't you pick that one over like train in the chest or whatever? That was, well, I will say. Sensation. Right. Yeah, that, that was what he shady picked. as shit. Who would pick that? Right, right. Sensation. That's what he, anything. Sensation. He's a stand in for the Uncle Frank or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensation. Shady Frank, who that was his thing too. Like sensation could literally be a colonoscopy like that could be anything like that could be no like, well i think that's the point is like right. this was a guy who's like i've experienced all of the well, sensations yeah. of yeah. it's just life. funny because some of them sounded way more sinister than the other ones yeah yeah no well, and totally. i feel i don't know like again like six gifts really what if it's just you get to god and you get to ask god for what you want and then it's always a genie in the bottle type situation where they give you yeah. a monkey paw where it's you get something you're not expecting that's all. That's it needs exactly to be. what this is. I yeah. don't need a flowchart of six different gifts and configurations and fucking. And you got to get two literally. people. You only have one now, but you can you also kill cenobites. Like what? You're you're selling me, or I should say, anti-selling me. You're yeah, you're swinging me on this. So <laughs> uh, let me give you my thing that I kind of like. It was like the thing you had to not think about for me yeah. because even the exposition I was sort of okay with until now. Um, <laughs> The Cenobites, as we discussed, are like demigods or they're at some level operating, you know, with supernatural capabilities. In this movie, we are to believe there's like a cage that this dude created they're that like, can keep them out. Okay, fine. Maybe it's like a magic cage. <laughs> like once they're inside, yeah, I, like why can they not just do whatever the fuck they want? Like – there's you see them doing all kinds of things, manipulating reality. There's this scene, you know, they, they, they're like opening the floor, which all of that, the uh, art direction on that, I loved. They almost yeah, turn into zombies. Awesome. Sorry. They're almost like zombies. They kind of shuffle well, slow. But yeah, but they also can manipulate reality. And so it's like, so the one that gets caught, there's like this, the run that's like running at her and then gets caught when the like gates are closing. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like, are we supposed to believe the Cenobites are sort super powerful or like you can Scooby-Doo trap them in like a fucking slow <laughs> Well, they game? get right. That one gets trapped What's the way that? a dumb zombie would. Yeah. Yeah. That, see, my nerd brain put they. You're not wrong. The movie did not point to this. And I think this is probably stuff that got replaced for other exposition from Pinhead and stuff. Somewhere in there, there had to have been. This guy, because he collected cult artifacts and stuff like that. Somewhere there was a piece of story that led to his collections, and he designed that cage around that house for specific reasons, as isn't it was a magic cage, but they didn't tell us that. No, they that's actually a good point, though. That like they can just Pinhead can just summon chains whenever she wants and tear someone apart. Yeah, it they, is no way is no one killed by chains in that house, though. No, I mean, uh, no, they well they kill the guy in the very beginning. Like we see the chain stuff happening in the house in that first sequence, but then it's like later in the film, they're basically powerless. You or, know, that's or, very, um, that's very 13 ghosts remake. Yeah. To and build, we don't to even build, know that the cage a, was on the house yeah. at the time. To build a house specifically designed for like some evil entity. Yeah. I will say that that train situation is chest. I fucking love that. That looked so yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it was cool. That was yeah, good. Yeah. So do, am I correct in thinking that basically rotated all of his nerves in his body and spun him around every time it? Yeah. Like you can't think of, you can't think about it too much. I don't have to make too much sense, but like no, I know. But I'm like, oh geez. But it was I did it love was, when it fell out and he's like sort of like throwing up parts of oh, it. Oh yeah, that was yeah, and then, that was awesome. 
You see his chest come back. That I'm was visual. Sort- that was visually really cool, and I think Elizabeth coined the coined the term. Write it down. Glam gore, like yeah, it's cool. Like it's kind of cool that's to see true. a movie this glossy be this disgusting. I think is kind of yeah. fun. Well, that was so. That's interesting because I was been reading on the Cenobites and stuff like that, and that was Cenobites, yummy. And it wasn't. Uh, I don't know that it was exactly glam gore. That exact term, but that was like the art direction that Clive Barker gave the people in the original movie on what he wanted this when they were designing the Cenobites. He yeah. wanted some kind of gory, glamorous type thing. I mean, and that's really like it's that the theme is running in the novella, and I think that's what they're trying to do in the originals is like it's really a sublime kind of thing. Like, yes, it's horrifying, yeah. but you can't look away from it because it's yeah, also it's, weirdly it's inspiring. Yeah, exactly, terrifying right. at the same time. Exactly. Um, the um, I was very excited that Chatterer was back. Yeah, good chattering noises. My favorite. And My Chatterer favorite. bites someone, which I think might be a first. That's yeah. not the same Chatterer, though, right? No, they were read. They were all redesigned, but like that's a Chatterer. Yeah. They that's did get rid of the one that was like a like a you know very portly baby. That would be Butterball. 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 Butterball you're talking about, John. Yeah. With the little teeny like steampunk glasses. Yeah. 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 There's chatter, butterball, deep throat, and pinhead. Was it really deep throat, really? <laughs> well, that was for what I've read, that was like uh the the onset name that they used for it. Oh, interesting. Because she had their throat open. I do so they um they used a couple of like brief motifs from the original score that they would pop here and there. It it picks up more in the end, the very end. I wish they had just gone with the whole score because that original score is like an all timer too. And it, it accomplishes again, like um, it accomplishes amping up that sublime feeling. Cause it's like really yeah. inspiring and beautiful, but also terrifying. I wish they yeah, used that, more of it. And if I had to argue that's when, and it's not a, like a serious knock for me, it didn't take me out of the movie, but this movie, especially if you love that for first one, this one is, a lot more glossier than that first one. Whereas that first one had a super thick atmosphere that you could cut with a knife with that music and everything. It was very dreamlike. This didn't have yeah. quite as much dreamlike quality to it. Yeah. I, um, I was kind of, I'm, I've been going back and forth on how I feel about some of the kills. Like some of the kills are almost Freddy, like nightmare and Elm street esque. like mm-hmm. they're in a dream, like in the, Older movies, it was always like the room would open up and then like it would be like a gateway to hell, but they play with it here so that they can sort of have people taken like almost with other people around them not knowing it's happening, which is kind of interesting. Well, that's, yeah, I mean- It's kind of cheating. I feel like it's kind of cheating, but they do do that really cool effect in the car where the people in the car fade away like into black- distance yeah. or whatever like but that's, that's like this is back to my point of like the centibites can fucking make this car that's flying down the road into a gateway to hell where the people don't even know what's going on and then they can't i don't know just yeah. deal with the people at this house i don't know john have you ever tried to magically bend rebar no you don't know you <laughs> know it seemed Fair. crazy to me that the so they go and they track down at one point the lady who used to be like the helper for the billionaire like she helped him get victims and stuff She's in like a assisted living home or something. Everything that she knows, it seems wild to me that she was just like, I'll take it and get rid of it. Like, I'd be like, bitch, get the hell out of here with that thing. She then takes it and like willingly gets cut with it, basically. And she never well, really well, even recoiled from it, did she? No. Like, I thought it was an accidental cut. No, that it is. But why? But if you know what that thing does, why would you even put your hands on it? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Just be like, get that, get that away from. It would be much so, more. I feel like it follows style, where it would just be like, hey, it's yours now. Have fun. Bye. My Bye. other question there is, did she know that Roland was still around? Because she indicates that she basically like put the box in that warehouse that she owned in that thing so that no one would find it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But then, oh, well, so Roland, yeah, never mind. It is revealed that like Roland tricks that guy into go getting it. So, well, since we're she in the must, spoilers, yeah, yeah. What do yeah. you guys think of the twist? The with that oh. Roland is still there? No, oh, that the, that no, the, the guy. The guy I guess it's not that huge. It's a like, pretty good twist. 8,000 things happen it, in that movie. It so. actually surprised me that he was like in on it. Basically, he was like recruiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bringing it. To- I was good for I was good with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was unexpected. It's like. Yeah, it surprised me. The movie I, is like, the. I don't know how to say this. The movie is like mean to her as a character. Like she's already going through so much. And that's almost just like the ultimate like fuck you to that character. That just like you've been tricked the whole fucking time, dummy. But yeah. then she takes agency sure. by like yeah, sacrifice. Sure. So this was the other thing. Now Again, now I'm just like finding the things that I didn't like. Um, I have that effect on people. The rules. <laughs> so they spend all this time explaining the rules to you. Then there's at least there's two things that happened where I was like, what the fuck? Like, how does it at one point she stabs a Cenobite with the box and that counts. Like, yeah. The Cenobite uh, that's, yeah that's one of my that. that's one of my beefs. Yeah. So, OK, so there's that. Then there's this sequence at the end where she's allowed to, like, sacrifice one right. for another. It's like. Why? Like, well, that's the problem with giving us so many roles. Then, if you even a little if you bit contradict break yourself, one, like yeah, I'm paying attention. Yeah. I wasn't before, but now, right? Because in the original movie, too. you're just like, sure, this makes sense based on the information. You that get rid of given. that like red button thing, where you just get to be like magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like, right, 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 right. When you give us that many, when you tell us that there's this much logic to it, uh-huh. well, and they, they like she, they, they. I think it is the pinhead one stabs the main character, Riley, like fourth. So if you're like doing the math, you're like, you know, we need to get to six victims. She's like the fourth victim. And then they're like, you need to give us two more. Or we're taking At that you. Point, it's like, right. why, no, like, why well, did she get to be the that one? Was that was the shit where, where I'm getting a countdown from Pinhead of how many people you've killed. I'm like, bitch, this is yeah. not. No, it's just, like one of the is. earlier expedition, expeditions, expositions from Pinhead. I'm pretty sure she told her that first time you've been marked for sacrifice, but if you don't want it, you can mark another. And then after that, she was in the flow. And they, but my point is, like, why does she get that choice? But other people don't get that choice. Right. And here's the, so, okay. So this is, you're making me kind of think of this too. In the original film, it's in the, I like this about the original. It's not like there's rules. It's like, you literally get can kind of barter with them when they show up. Like they don't yeah. show up and go, you summoned us, you're going to die, but you could also do this. Like she's, she begs them and then she's like, wait, I can get you friend." Like they're literally negotiating, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a lot more effective. But I mean, like with the sacrificing somebody else, I I guess for me, we saw him sacrifice somebody to the box at the very beginning of the movie. So when she told her, you, you're marked, you can sacrifice somebody like, else. I'm like, well, yeah, that's part of the rules. Pinhead is like somebody else. Pinhead in this movie is like the head of HR. Like she shows up on your first day of work <laughs> and tells you all the shit you need to know. And then when you forget it, she shows up helpfully throughout the movie to let you know in case you forgot the rules. For the same reasons, if you take those rules that they're literal basis and whatnot, I didn't have a problem with her stabbing that uh, Cenobite too, and it counting as a sacrifice either because they didn't really specify that couldn't be them. 
It's kind of like the reverse of the genie game, right? But it's their own people. Just, like, why would they? And they don't have souls. Cenobite, do Cenobite have a soul? Like, I don't. Right. Do they follow, like, human? Yeah. Like, good question. Do, I want to back up just for a second because we, I mean, we're way past do this. Do Cenobites this point, have souls, actually? No, I did like, I liked the characters. Like, largely, I think, I do get the point about the, the addict thing being, um, Sort of. That's just like a great. A, no, no, I get it for me. And, I, and again, I just like I've seen a couple lately where that's been a thing. So I'm just yeah. aware of. It like, just felt is it effective, or it felt in the very least outside of the box for me from the typical like group of teenage friends that all yeah. go to school together, and like I liked. I thought there was some like emotional weight to like the relationship between her and her brother, and like the way that he's like sort of trying to be there for her. And then he, in a moment of anger, kicks her out and that, you know, so I think like, and you know, a lot of that does tie back in, in the end. Cause that's, that's her whole motivation is to try to save her brother. Although that yeah. doesn't work out See, great, but I really like the big character. Cause I, and it, how she got sucked into this and everything is she is very vulnerable. It's like not, yeah. it's not black and white. Like it, these characters mm-hmm. are all like, she in particular is gray in a way that felt fresh and interesting to yeah me. Mm-hmm. but she's very vulnerable and not to say that she's weak but when she's vulnerable but it, i i just took it as her vulnerability and what she was going through made her more susceptible and easier target for them so yeah. it was easy for her to wind up in that situation right but like she's not but but that's key though she's not targeted by them she's targeted by the guy right you're right they're only after her because she just happened to get stabbed with the the little penis thing that pops out of it uh, okay. so that, yeah that is a significant that's true i i uh, i didn't 100 percent understand the guy was basically like roland paid the guy to go get the box base and then get it to the last configuration she then like takes the box when they find it and so she kind of inadvertently gets sucked in i don't know like like was the guy backtracking on what he had to do he no but I, he, he was, okay so yeah he but He's when he meets runs into Roland, they have a whole conversation where what what he explains is that like the plan did, he didn't go as planned. Like he didn't plan for her yeah, yeah, to yeah. activate in the way oh, that she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, but it still works. Well, out. and that's my complaint. Because I think rules, at that point too. hadn't. Oh man, I'm this movie's so fucking. I'm sorry, guys. This is so confusing. <laughs> I think Roland had already activated it, right? Because that's how we get the thing in. Was he trying to like? Well, he got all get, the way to the end. Was he trying yeah, to? Yeah, he's get, been through it once. But he's so trying he's to trying to get again. more victims again. Like he's trying yeah. to get to the end again, so that he can have the Congress with Leviathan. But you don't have to solve it. You don't have to be the one. But you don't can have to you be do the it twice. Right. You don't have to be the one to solve it again, though. That's what I, that's what I was getting ready to say. Is that's my complaint with the rules because throughout this movie we're watching this main girl has done all the work to solve all those configurations then roland shows up at the end and takes it and hey i'm gonna do the sixth one and he's almost there it's like right, well, it like and this that. is where like yeah. my my kind of beef lies which is like if you strip it down to the bones i love the plot of this movie if you take away all the fucking rules and exposition like I love the idea of this like billionaire who's done this. Like, I think mm-hmm. they set him up really well. They show this like fucking orgy party he's having. I love yeah, the like thing, the thing in the chest. Like, all of that makes a ton of sense to me. Like, it's just all the details around it that sort of fogged my brain at some point while I was watching it. And I, like, okay, I found this movie to be kind of scary. Honestly, like, I just want to keep saying that because I know I just go down a rabbit hole being negative. But like, it's very <laughs> tense. Honestly, yeah. and like, yeah. honestly, and 
would be even more so if they could if they had just cut some of the exposition stuff out because you'd have less of a chance to catch your breath i feel like yeah i agree with you too that i mean it's very tense and then you also have that tension based around characters and like the strife between the brother and sister and what she's going through and how much you know pain it's brought the brother and his fiance and everything yeah. i i think that added to that tension i like i did like that i did too I- go ahead well, I'll say for a franchise and an individual film, it is very rare to show as much as they do in these movies and still mm-hmm. be effectively tense or scary to where yeah. if it's happening again. I'm like, oh shit, like even though we've just seen it, like for sure. That's yeah. definitely an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been a lot worse and has been in this franchise. Indeed. Any yeah. like favorite moments you guys want to mention here before we wrap it up here? Uh, Penhead's voice was terrifying. Yeah, I dig the voice for sure. That yeah. breathing sound was real horrifying. And the, yeah, the emphysema. Was I, I really liked the like kind of scene at the very end where he gets sort of this, the, the audience of Leviathan and then he gets turned into a Cenobite. Like yeah. that was pretty Yeah, I, I, that was one of my more favorite scenes just because I don't remember seeing anything like that at the end of the second. We just kind of saw the floating diamond over the maze in the second movie and seeing that. And it really kind of gave it that cosmic otherworldly feel as he's staring into the soul of that thing. And then you see him close his eyes and it opens back up and they're black. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, perfect. That was. And yeah, that's where I they like finally that. just crank that score all the way up. Like, it's just a really nice, nice moment. Yeah. Love it. And I do love, too, though, like the making of the Cinebite. That was one of the things I remember back because we saw them make a Cinebite in the second one or the third one. I don't remember. Second one. We see the, the second so the, one at the, the, the end. The bad guy in the second one, he's he wants to become one, basically. Right. But I remember back when that came out and being young, that was one of the things I was most excited about. We we're getting Cenobites and we we're going to see how Cenobites get made. And then as you see that scene, it's pretty dark. It's pretty hard to see muddled. Still pretty cool. Still sticks in my head. But then this one, it was well lit and we saw everything that was happening to that guy. I appreciated that kind of transformation too one thing i will say i missed in this movie weirdly skinless people as horrifying yeah. as that shit is in those movies like that is what the, that's with me yeah. there's a lot of people with like skin no no no, no. but like so yeah. okay so in the first movie but like the, like julia thing. resurrects frank and basically saves him from hell and he is skinless and she has yeah, to then yeah, kill yeah. well he yeah that's horrifying kill, he climbs out of a puddle of blood doesn't he um, comes yeah so her dad yeah there's like a drop of blood and then he like comes out of it yeah. the second one is even more horrifying so in the second one the doctor who works at this like mental hospital has a patient kill himself like with a razor on a bloody mattress in his office and then julia gets resurrected skinless from that mattress and it's yes. i think it's one of the like a top five most horrifying scene in all of horror it's disgusting God, I think I've blocked it and then he goes about for the next first act basically luring prostitutes back to the house so that she can kill them and start like sucking their fluids and life essences from them. <laughs> it's disgusting. Love you know? the life essences. Telling you, those, you gotta have those. Something about a, like a, a skin, an animated skinless person walking around on earth. Like it's totally normal. That'll stick with you as a kid. 
Yeah. Honestly, from, from what I remember, Janet was kind of scary with her skin on. Because they're not also hideous, but she was an intense. Because they're also like horny, like in the second one, like he wraps her up and he's like making out with her. Like, well, she- something about Young Me knew. Like I could like read this off of the VHS cover at Blockbuster. It was like, <laughs> like I don't think this is gonna go over well for my dad. I must stick with Sleepaway Camp for the eight hundredth time because that movie makes no sense even if you are paying attention. That's and as long as somebody didn't walk in at like the right part, <laughs> at the very like, it's a bad eighties movie. What whatever <laughs> <laughs> amazing all right oh, we're gonna hit my top 10 list i think on the way back here oh. let's uh Hello. take a quick break and do some fan mail he's a man obsessed with having the perfect family i'll do anything i can do to keep my family together but his obsession hides a deadly secret you never talk about your past we don't have a single lead. The guy is smart. We won't have anything to go on unless he does it again. All we need is a here. Shelly Hack and Terry O'Quinn. You're a very bad girl. In a thrilling tale of suspense. The Stepfather. Tuesday at 8 on KST Washington. Hi, this is Doug Bradley Pinhead from the Hellraiser Movies, welcoming you to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. John. Eric. It's been brought to my attention by a text message that I did not ask you guys if you recommend the movie. John, do you recommend the movie? God, you know, during that conversation, I went from a mm. yes to maybe a no. God, that makes me horny. I <laughs> think I'm I'm gonna stay yes because that's oh, where I came in. So close. and I was sort of like, yeah, you know, like I would tell people to watch this, and here we are. I'm telling them what. Casey, I'm gonna stay yes. Elizabeth, the right, yeah. I mean, if you would like a scary intense movie to watch for the season yes yeah i agree it's halloween season throw it on if you had said no john i would have said no with you i just want you to know that <laughs> i'm looking at my top 10 list you were I, gonna say no but then, then you got top 10 list. no i don't i don't think i am because so like the only thing that i would bump at this point number 10 is watcher Mm-hmm. I just watched that. Yesterday. And if I'm like holding those two movies up, like Watcher is like real suspenseful and has a killer ending, just like an amazing ending. This movie is so trafficking in my just love for Hellraiser that like if you take that away, do I really think it's a better movie than Watcher? That's not why things go on your list. And I don't think that it what is. you enjoy. Well, for now, I'm going to leave Hellraiser in my like bumped list. I keep I have my bumped list. So my my bump list is Hellraiser, Glorious, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whatever that was, uh, Monstrous, The Cursed, Scream, and Torn Hearts. 
a real mixed bag there. Yeah, and we got mm-hmm. Halloween. Like, you never know how they might surprise yeah. me, those Halloween jamokes. And uh, maybe. Um, I mean, I maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Anything that surprised me was that movie Barbarian. Yeah. Hey, Did you guys want to talk briefly about um, Barbarian before we get into housekeeping stuff? Uh, so, I, I mean, love it so much. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> I I loved it too. So I, I I almost had a hard time separating my appreciation of the film, which I did appreciate, from the experience I had watching it. So I had work off on Monday because of Indigenous People Day slash Italian Heritage Day. That's what we call it here in New York. And um, I dropped my kids off at like a camp because their school was closed, so they had to go to camp for the day. So I had the day just to do whatever the fuck I wanted. And what I wanted to fucking do was go see Barbarian nice. at the theater, which I did yeah, by myself. I did it in the middle of the day by myself, too. Yeah, it was amazing. I had nothing to do. I had nothing to think about. I was just like, I'm so just going to enjoy this movie. Yes. I didn't even have to give a review. It wasn't even like I had to like think critically. Same. I had no idea what it was about. Like, I knew Me the neither. setup. Okay, I was going to ask you. Like, I went in so cold. I had only seen the poster. And when I yeah. saw the poster, I was like, I haven't heard anything about this. But that poster looks freaky. I'm not going to, like, get my – Like, even thinking that has got, gotten me to well, run, so the, like, let down. The buzz down was all – Like, I knew that there was a lot of but buzz. But then I heard the buzz. Yeah. yeah. And I also knew that it had something to do with, like, an Airbnb where, like, someone See, showed up. I didn't up know and that then, until my roommate you know, pulled up. Um, it was great. It was awesome. So did you know, I knew that Justin Long was in it because I had seen on ticket time, when I went to look at what time the ticket was playing, it like had his name on it. Man, I had no idea. And it's just random. It's just randomly like, there he is. Wow. No, I wish I, that would have been amazing. What's he been doing? Like I, practicing singing that song. (laughs) I think he does a lot of like, I love him too. I feel like he does some producing. I feel like he's like getting stuff made. Like sure. Okay, I am so much more excited in the moment that we get to talk about this movie than I am so, about the movie we watch tonight. As much as I, yeah. I did like John, it. did you listen to the episode? No, no, no. So the interesting so you, thing I that you guys loved it. The interesting thing that came out, and Casey found this article, was that um this guy had this idea for this movie and could not get it made. He mm-hmm. he even took it to A twenty four and they're like, This is too weird for us, bro. No, yeah. so two things. Nobody liked the hard turns like nobody liked the reset um what was the other thing casey there was another there was another very specific reason oh nobody liked that you were spending this much time with justin long who's like this really bad person like so um there's lots of rapists in this movie like it's a super rapey movie um so anyway he um i can't remember who ended up finally help oh like 20th century fox who was owned by Disney, I think, right? Like, wasn't that the well, deal? Well, it is. It's now owned by Disney. But, um, it's and then he ended up making, like, basically cut, cutting the budget down so he could get it so cheap that somebody would, like, give him the money and it ended up being a huge success. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. Right, it's please. done really well at the box office. The, um, so, I mean, I don't, I mean, I have, like, it's, it is a strange movie structure. What I would say like, is, be careful with spoilers because somebody might be listening okay. to this and like have not, they're not here. I want they're not like here. 10 seconds to clear so I can say this thing. My client whose hair I was cutting said 24 hours after I saw this movie and I straight up would have throat punched him if he had ruined this movie for me. <laughs> okay. Go away. Turn it down. Let's give a spoiler warning. You should. Five. We're gonna, so wait, we're going to count to five and then come back yeah. and like hit plus 30 on your thing. Okay. Yeah. Five, four, three. Two, one. 
I had a 16 year old client when I didn't even bring the movie up. We just talk about horror movies, sit down in my chair and go, so do you see barbarian, uh, that baby incest movie? <laughs> well, all right so that he, was my he took everything about the movie that was like you didn't know was going to happen or was a thing and was just like oh yeah that movie and i was like it's yeah i'm glad i have because i would be hella mad at you right now if i had not it's sort of like a demented don't breathe yeah a little yeah. we, we mentioned don't breathe because don't breathe is also so sad has anybody heard the real life true crime like crazy fucking story about the guy who kept the girls in his basement no, but now, in Austria. But now we're we're we're, we're nearing our thirty seconds for people. We're at thirty seconds. Back okay. I'm rewatching Kimmy Schmidt right now though, and that I think I believe show. Rachel yeah. Rachel did bring up at some point that it was like a true crime situation. Yeah, you should look up out. anyway. Yeah. That's John, it's my current number one so three good. horror film of the year. Number not, three. Not number one. Number three. What's yeah. above it? Um that's a great question. Uh, it might be my number one. My top, it might be my number one too, for real. My top five right now is Nope, X, Barbarian, Mad God, and Spine of Night. That's tough. Okay. I haven't done my list. You know, I like to wait. I'll tell you what. You know what might shoot up that list too is Orphan First Kill because I fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I have something about you. <sighs> All right. Yo, we got we still got some bangers coming, man. Like I know. Good stuff I know. We, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty interested in bodies and we got Halloween, which you never know. could be the sleeper of the Stop. year. And hey, it could stop. be good. They were lulling us. On this issue, Eric decides to be an optimist. <laughs> it this could be good. One. Cause I want Halloween. Wait till, the, wait till Eric sees that it's like two hours, 40 minutes long. Cause I want Halloween to be good. Let's ask Siri <laughs> right course, now. That would be great. Well, really quick. Hi I Siri. Mean, how long is Halloween ends? This is not a paid ad. <laughs> she says it was 11 months ago <laughs> that's fucking hilarious oh boy you just dummy. because with the way eric's talking when we get to this episode i just want to remind everybody that i was the one after the middle halloween movie that was hoping oh, out that man. they still had a plan and we're coming to a good finale i just want that stated for the record so and i was the one who wrote it off i'm hardcore. not feeling it's an great. hour and 51 minutes i'm not feeling great because it's an hour and 51 minutes and as you know yeah, yeah. john as you know john i have a theory that there's never been a good movie that was an hour and 51 minutes yeah <laughs> You're either two hours plus or 90 minutes and anything in between is fucking horseshit. Get your shit together. We'll see. Anyway, um, we got a, we got a bunch. What's up? Oh, just now I'm (laughs) curious what everybody's looking forward to. Um, I mean that from bodies, bodies, bodies for sure. Um, I'm pretty pumped that we're going to do the spirit Halloween movie. If I'm being honest. Okay, you keep talking about that. I haven't Googled it. Is this a... What it's, is it's this? Are we definitely doing that? Is yeah, that a, that's where... It's that Halloween week. Are you talking about decision? the mega store? The, like, Halloween yes. store? They made a movie. It's starring Christopher Lloyd somehow, like, in some capacity. And, and Josie from Josie and the Pussycats. It has something to do with, like, a bunch of kids who break into a spirit, and then, like, spooky stuff happens or something like that. Okay. Um, it's streaming. It's coming out. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's going to be out. Uh, yeah, um, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, it looks delightful. The Fall, I'm very excited about, too. Oh, yes, I do want to see that. Um, Wendell and Wild, did, I, I was making a pitch to Eric and Casey over email about this, but it's, um, the guy who did Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, nice. The main voices are Key and Peel. Oh, oh cool. Interesting. Nice. I'll have to, my kids, are, my kids are obsessed with Coraline. I'll have to check. Is that out now? Yeah. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be out before Halloween. I'm pretty Wendell sure. Wendell and it's Wild. It's called Wendell and Wild. Wendell and Wild. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
I have you guys seen I haven't watched a trailer and I don't know a ton other than like the log line, but the poster for this movie Piggy, I think looks fucking what? great. Okay, I'm uh, I've, not heard I've heard it mentioned. I don't know anything about it yet. I'm that one I would like us to try to get to. Too. Okay, that title both like worries me and <laughs> right. is incredibly evocative. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm pretty. So this new thing that's popped up on the radar, this um, found footage movie, Deadstream, looks pretty decent. Yeah, I, I watched that last that. night. It's, you like it, Casey? I w- I had a good laugh. Is it anything like Video Dead, which I just watched for the ah GH scare? That's call. a great segue. Uh, go ahead, Casey. It's got strong Evil Dead Two vibes. I'll put it at that. All right, all right. We well, um, don't watch it, aren't we? Like, don't review yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, we have a bunch of so we have a bunch of uh, housekeeping stuff we got to get through here. Um, Casey just mentioned Deadstream. Deadstream is part of um, Jody's Thirty Days of Halloween challenge that we got going on on the website. You can find it at bloodygoodhorror.com. If you're on Slack, there's also an October Scarathon um, channel where people are chatting about the movies. It's 31 days, 31 movies. It's all pre-picked for you, and you got people to chat about them with afterwards. John, I watched a movie this week that I had a real religious experience watching that I'd seen before. Ah, yes. And that is the Fright Night remake. Oh. John, yeah, I have decided like that. I, I, liked it. I have decided I it. that this is my favorite vampire movie. I was about to say, yeah. what did you say, if anyone knows Eric's preference, that now it's uh, Interview with a Vampire number one? <laughs> yes, Fright Night and then Friday Night remake. It's my second number favorite two. vampire movie. Um, <laughs> Colin well, Farrell. Yeah, Anton, Anton. Yeah, Anton Yelchin's uh, in it. Yelchin, yeah. Um, Yelchin. Colin Farrell, and then... Um, Oh, I can always forget her name. It's actually got a really great the, cast. The blonde, the blonde is somebody I name I know, but I can't. Her name's not coming to me. Um, dude, it's awesome. It's like one of the few 80s remakes that actually captures like the fun of the original while being modern. Colin Farrell is so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I hadn't He's seen great. it. Just in general. He's I, a good actor. I hadn't seen yeah. it since we watched it on the show. It is fantastic. Like it's I'm yeah. obsessed. But but it's fun because I saw uh, in the October Scarathon channel on Slack, I saw where Eric was uh, exposing or you know going on about how that's now his favorite vampire movie. Yeah, inside. I even said out there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to watch it now just so I'm prepared for when we sit down to record Wednesday night. And <laughs> it's not my favorite vampire movie, but he's not wrong. It's great, and I hadn't watched it since we had first watched it, and. I forgot how great the cast was, especially now that we've had, you know, we're what, 10 years away, 11 years away from it and how much we've come to know all those actors even more. Since yeah, then, it's funny. Some of like, the side characters, dude, Colin, Colin Farrell looks so young in that movie. First of he all, does. Anton Yelchin <laughs> alive when they made that movie right. and Colin Farrell looks like so different. It's crazy. And it's got freaking Tony Collette. She's great in it. Yeah, that's yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah, Thir- yeah. Tony Collette is like a uh, is like a thirsty. Mouth. I remember trying so hard to round up some friends to see that in the theater, but I get like two movies a year with my friends that'll go to the theater, <laughs> and they're like, "It's a remake. It's not even gonna be good." The last remake I'd taken them to was bullshit. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but I was like, "Fair enough." Didn't go see it. Then watched it by myself on like a Sunday afternoon and was like, "This is like banger." Like I'm pissed. I didn't. I wasn't responsible for taking people to the theater to see this because everyone would have loved it. Yeah, that's very good. Um, uh, so yeah, check out that the um, Thirty Days of Horror Channel. It's probably called something else. October Scarathon, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, I think. It um, is. Other Halloween stuff going on. We've been talking about this the last few weeks, but we're giving away um, gift codes to HalloweenCostumes.com, John. These, this is for 
patrons only. You got to be a part of the club. And we have pulled winners randomly from our Patreon pool. And here they are, John. Winner, uh, uh, well, let's let's go. We're in reverses. So winner of the $25 gift card, Frank from Ohio. I'm going to be messaging all these people after the show. Um, winner of the $50 gift code, Clementine. I don't know where she's from, but that, I assume yeah. she knows who she I assume we only have one patron named Clementine. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, love and the grand prize winner, John, $100 gift code to HalloweenCostumes.com. Rich from Tennessee. Woo-hoo. Where Elizabeth So there you go. Um, thank you to all of our patrons who are supporting us. We love you. And if you want to get on the action, check out patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Uh, you could get a streaming high definition video of this live stream show every week. You get access to all the back episodes, um, the Patreon feed, which actually has a new show coming, John. Mm. Um, yeah. So check that out. Um, that'll be soon. I'll talk about it once it's like actually ready. I have to do some stuff for it. Um, yeah. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. We have no emails tonight. Caitlin from Kissimmee, sleeping, sleeping at the wheel Uh-oh. here. Let's go. Uh, Casey. Season. She's got other shit to do. Casey, what's on Twitter? All right. We've got a few tweets tonight. Ask BGH is our hashtag. Uh, first one comes from at Schnecky91. Now, I'm going to guess that nobody here's heard of this because I don't know it either, but we're going to go for it. Have you guys ever watched the Fox Werewolf series from 87 to 88? It was like the old Incredible Hulk show with a werewolf. I loved it and really think that a reboot without CGI on a Hulu, Netflix, etc. would be great. Man, deep cut, no. Yeah, I yeah. do not remember that, but I'm curious. Same. Yeah, no idea. All right, coming up next from at Jesse Rad. If this version of Hellraiser had DVD extras, do you think they'd spend time showing how all the Cenobites were created? That would be cool. Yeah. I'm assuming I get... I'm assuming that Jesse's asking like the how they were created by Leviathan, maybe, but could I know a way. lot of people like lament the loss of DVD extras. And I know there's some company like Criterion, there's companies out there that still do that stuff, but obviously like it's different now than it was. I'm not sure yeah. that I love like the only ones I would really get into were like feature like Trauma used to make documentaries that were this longer than the movies. Like that's the kind of shit. <laughs> I want a real ass documentary. That's what you want is a trauma documentary. Like, dude, the, they are amazing. But like the yeah, that's what you want. What I want though is like a real realistic, like in depth look at the making of a movie, not a twenty minute like yeah. featurette that's just selling in the movie I already watched. You know what I mean? So, well, that was my problem with them. Like I would have gotten excited for them, except for how often they were just like a commercial for the movie you've already watched. Yeah, like, right, exactly, yeah. It's not enough time put in for production. But I know, like, a lot of people, I like, commentary tracks were never my thing, but I know some people were, like, oh. super into those. Commentary yeah. tracks, I like the commentary tracks. I can tracks. do a commentary track. Yeah. I'll tell you an amazing commentary track. Just trust me. The Twilight movie, the original, I never did any of the rest. Because <laughs> Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, who are both amazing actors that go on to, like, just illustrious careers, both are so fucking over it and like trying so hard to talk about anything at all with the director. And she's just like, cool. We're here. Right. We're doing it. And she's like, Oh, look at my nostril. And that move. that's saying that's so bad. It's, it's really entertaining. I love it. Next step for Matt Skizbot, And this is, uh, 
this is kind of funny. It'll tie into the episode. Did this give anyone else flashbacks to 2001's 13 Ghosts? Boom. I was I was half expecting the gang to find Matthew Lillard and Tony Shalhoub getting it on in the fuck room. Or like just a random ghost <laughs> with their boobs out for no reason. Yeah. Just a naked ghost. All right. Next up, at Four Color Craig from the Holler Boys. Was it uh, me or were these characters essentially yelling every line and falling over a ridiculous amount? <laughs> there was a lot of falling over, including Cenobites, I feel like. Yeah. Well, the one got, yeah, the one got trapped. Trap, in a fucking, trapped. Yeah. Slow-moving game. Slow-moving game. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say then that. There, there's, we didn't even talk about it. There's a scene where uh, Riley, like, squeaks out underneath the Cenobite as its feet are, like, wiggling underneath. Uh, so yeah. yeah. The Check. same one that got stuck in the slow gate. <laughs> yeah. No, the exactly. uh, the Holly Kings, John, is a horror podcast that reviews horror southern horror movies. Uh, and their theme song was made by me. Yeah. Okay. It's a good show. How about that? How many Southern Harm? I got, I might have to look up the list here we're working with. They're Tennessee well, too, aren't they? They're from Tennessee, yeah. You've got at least like 12 of them from Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes, right? It's true. Yeah. I guess I'm curious like, <laughs> where, what qualifies. Like, does it have to be like set physically? John, you should listen. Or you, made? you should listen to yeah. the show, John. No, no. Yeah. All right. I'll have to check it out. All right. Next up at Duck Sensual, which is the hottest Cenobite of all time? Oh, the lady Cenobite in those first two movies? Pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, she was. It took no time for me to answer. Wait, was that is that Deep Throat? Also, also like um Julia the actress who plays Julia in those first two movies. Real, real hot. I mean, okay. It's the character. She's a very like um it's the horniness of the character, I feel like. Okay, it's not my yeah. thing. <laughs> well, she was a very intense looking woman. She was kind of a intimidating go. looking woman. I'm into it. Right. Right. She's pretty intense looking. <laughs> but I agree, also agree with Eric, so. <laughs> well, maybe intense is your thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you tell, you tell me. Learning <laughs> well. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what you would pick on the Leviathan uh, oh. configuration. <laughs> I'm going to go off track and say the hottest uh, Cenobite of all time is Doug Bradley hitting on people at the bar after a <laughs> round. Was he? Nice. You were oh, with yeah. me, Eric. Yeah, when yeah, we watched him do that. <laughs> Dude, nothing that happened after hours at a horror round is something that's in my brain still. <laughs> all right, last up we have from at Mrs. Chatterer. Did you all find the movie super dark between this and House of the Dragon? That's two weeks in a row where I feel like the filmmakers are making it way too hard to see what's happening. Or maybe my calibration's just off. Yeah, some of it, some of the dark scenes were very dark to where you almost can't see. But then it would be so bright. Like, it's like burning your retinas out. Like, it was real. It was kind of a hard swing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen back and forth to that mansion. I've actually seen stuff about this on Twitter and articles written about how this is kind of like the current aesthetic of shooting stuff dark, but also flat in a way that makes it hard to see it. Where like, I don't know. I just, if you go back to those 80, like eighties movies in particular, mm-hmm. there was just a way of shooting stuff where you felt the darkness, but they had enough of that blue light in there where you could like make out what's happening. Well, it, you could probably argue that it, uh, modern TVs, because I mean, modern TVs, LCDs, and stuff. There's always, if you get in the nerds, there's a lot of debate about the true blacks and stuff like that. So there's well, I, even that quality of those that muddle. I also think too. it creates a problem with streaming because when a stream is compressed, 
it's going to do that by combining sort of like pixels near each other that are the similar colors. And so when something's just all kind of black, that's where you get that blockiness yeah. happening. Yeah. It looks like it like gets fuzzy Shapeless. around. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. That's it for Twitter, Eric. Love it. We're also on Instagram where all the cool kids are. First question, a real thinker. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I think I was always at yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, yes. I mean, it's meat yeah. in between bread. Like, I, I think, yeah. yeah. It's in a bun and has toppings. Okay. Yeah. But um, what else would it be? What would you call it? I mean, I could make an argument that's a taco. I was going to say, what do you call it a taco? <laughs> well, this <laughs> was like, was it, what was it, like 2007 when this was like a huge thing? On a the thing, internet? yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, Maybe it was later than that. I don't remember. Which gift would you have chosen? Love. Okay, so you sent me, Elizabeth, the list here. So the gifts are... Who would not choose love? Life. Knowledge. You are, SNL. Like, you are literally, you want pain, I think. Life, knowledge, love, sensation, resurrection, or power. And so sensation is some variation of train chest or whatever. (laughs) Power is they turn you into a centibite. Resurrection is you get to bring somebody back, I guess, but obviously, uh, clearly, they're going to be some kind of like pet cemetery situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I wonder is like knowledge. I could understand how that could go because the knowledge doesn't necessarily mean good. Like they could teach you some shit that would ruin your life. Go bad, right? I don't totally get how love (laughs) goes bad or life like that. I don't totally understand. Um, Life you could live forever. Who wants to live forever? Maybe someone loves you that you don't want to love. Yeah, like a crazy stalker. Okay, sounds like a real monkey. Or everyone loves you. Okay, okay, fine. That would not be ideal. (laughs) You know, look, I thought about this for twenty seconds. (laughs) So, um, I guess I should answer this question first. Would you open the box? Which I said, hell no. Like, no. Wait, which box? Like the the. The puzzle box? Would you solve? Would you pick up the box and start messing with it if you had any idea what it did? I probably wouldn't either. Someone just I, told me there's weed in it. Like, why would I? Be <laughs> with I mean, it? so like you guys were there last week, but I was like, I'm not going down that hallway in Barbarian. I don't care which one of you's trapped That's down there. That's a little. Oh, yeah. I think I may, I may, I may get curious enough to be like, okay, fuck, what's in it? Like, Hell no. I'm, I don't know. It depend on. It hard depend on my mood in that exact moment. But I'm not. I'm not messing with the box because I've seen because I've, I've seen Hellraiser. So no. That that first Barbarian kill. Oh when she's in the John, <laughs> I literally was sitting in the theater, only person in this entire theater by myself, just like with my mouth open and my hand over my mouth, <laughs> not breathing I did a, for like I did a 40 boy. seconds. Then I watched Justin Long enthusiastically enjoy the best convertible ride of his life until <laughs> for 20 a seconds. Rings. Like yeah. it, that movie is such a it jerks you on so much. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's great. I just love it. Um, notice you haven't been numbering the episodes. Why the change? Um, I just thought that was an interesting, like a uh, process question. So that I, Apple and most of the other ones now recommend you don't put numbers in the titles that you stick the title basically to like SEO stuff, keywords, things that are going to get people to listen to it. They do track the episode number behind, like you put it in. <clears throat> but if anybody's interested in that info, I keep it on this. The way, so every show has its own page on the website because it gets featured and that information's on there for some reason you're interested. And they're all numbered in the classics folders. Um, What would be your Cenobite motif? I said fiber. <laughs> 
Do you really get to pick? <laughs> what did you say? Well, I'd be like a broccoli centibite or something. Fiber was your answer? <laughs> I think it's one of my, my favorite things. I was going to say leather, maybe like shiny leather. Okay. I don't know. Like is this fashion? We're well, so like because in the later ones, they may start, may, they just get real willy-nilly with making centibites. And I'm a unicorn. I don't know. And there's one in like, hmm. there's one in the third movie that's like ends up with a cd in his head he's like a he's like a technology so oh, it's got like, like a couple of them there's like a dumb. no four maybe has cd head four there's one in three that has like a fucking webcam for an eye like they get real dumb it's yeah. okay uh, it was a whole camcorder dumb, not be... just a webcam it was a camcorder <laughs> you're right it was like a yeah, old school so a hairbrush hairbrush <laughs> <laughs> like a dryer yeah mine's probably gonna involve hair Casey's the weed centibite. Me and Casey can be like a pair of centibites. I'm gonna it's just like a. Skeleton. I just show up looking like an uncle. Doesn't <laughs> 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 it? I picture John as being like, um, like, like a mutilated Mister Monopoly. Like definitely sure. a top hat and a monocle, but like monocle. real horrifying. Like the eye comes yeah, out but the monocles, yeah, the monocles like embedded in the skin. Like right, right the monocles made out of like a skin flap, like from like Bone. some other part of your body. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> I actually put a fair amount of thought specifically into what yours would be. Sean. Yeah, really. You've, you've been workshopping. <laughs> That's what he thinks about when he can't fall asleep at night. <laughs> yeah. No, it's what more like John when I wake up, I'm just like, I wonder what John would be if he was a cinematic. <laughs> Those are more my like peaceful thoughts. My anxiety thoughts are no fun. Um, what kink do you want to see a horror movie about? I don't know. Like what? What? I mean, I feel like there's been a movie about everything at some point. Oh, that sounds like it was probably. Did, what was that? Glorious, maybe. Yeah, that's true. A little bit. I was going to say uh, Lunars. for the movie. That's what I was going to say. And uh, there's like a whole... So there a Lunar... A movie with that in A it. Lunar is a person who gets off by balloons, like the sound of like the rubber, the balloons... Squeaky balloons. And oh. popping them and shit. There's a, there's a oh, whole... Like balloon. Oh, there's a thread about that in Poughkeepsie tapes, which is why it was just a joke I was making. But yeah. Ew. Okay, what I know about that movie, I don't like that there's a thread about that. Well, because I don't even remember. I've only seen it once when we did it. It was like 15 fucking years ago. But like, you know, I've started yeah. that movie and stopped it like seven times. There's points the where they're just, I've you're flipping around. It. There's points because it's really found footagey. You're just flipping around different videos. And there's one that's straight up like, this is like a lunar fetish video that's on for like yeah. a couple minutes. It was like part of the random shit they found. Right, right. <laughs> I'll trust you. Uh, one more question Have you ever had acupuncture done? If so, what was it like? When I had my shoulder surgery, maybe I talked about this. Like I had to have both my shoulders done, and I would go to physical therapy, and they did what they called dry needling, but is effectively the same thing as acupuncture. It doesn't have all. It's it's like medical, so like you're not in like a nice relaxing room. You're in like a fucking PT office, and they're like sticking needles in your skin. Did it hurt? It fucking hurt, and mm. it worked like a hundred percent. Because like my muscles were so fucked up from this surgery and like you're in the like immobilizer, like you can't move for a while. And then, you know, you're like training your arm to work again. You're, and they would just like jab these little tiny needles in exactly the muscles where mm. uh, you were tight. 
and yeah, it worked. It, yeah, it definitely you should helped. Try that out. Well, I was saying like I've been having a lot of back pain, and I've been thinking about it. But now that you're telling me it hurts. I don't, I don't like things that hurt. Well, but I mean, if it works, yeah, like dude, fucking anything hurts, right? Yeah. Like that having hurts. back pain hurts. <laughs> okay, fair, fine. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's at least in my experience, it's for like loosening muscle. It's like a a version of massage. Like if. Yeah, and I just don't know if that's my issue. Maybe who the hell knows yeah. my issue? It's I'm more aggressive than massage. Oh my god, sure. I'm a mess, John. I don't know. But uh, it's cool. Fascinating. Would I would try it. I thought about I it. would go get it again. My Honestly, it just makes me think now. Myself. It just makes me think now of the uh, the tricky final destination prequel. It doesn't tell you it's a prequel until like the last five minutes. Because <laughs> that one guy dies that way. No, I don't know if I've seen that one. Which one was that? We did it on the show. It's real good. That's the one with the elevator, right? It's the one where, like, you just think you're watching Final Destination movie. Oh, the And then in the last, like, 90 seconds, you find out it's a prequel to the first one. Oh. It was, like, a brilliant kind of, like, rope-a-dope. It's not that it's a prequel. It just, like, ends where the first one begins, basically. I mean, that's... That's a prequel. Yeah, but it's not like it... (laughs) When I think prequel, it's, like... like, It's not expounding on anything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, fair enough. And then you're like, right, everybody had flip phones. It's just a, it's just fucking good. It's a great movie. I love it. That's also got the scene where the girl's a gymnast and she's like flipping on the bar and instead of landing, she just squishes into a pile of meat bones on the ground. Like <laughs> She just hits yeah. the mat and goes... Pfft. Gravity. Yeah. Great. Yeah. She suddenly is yeah, on Mars. Yeah, I hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> With the meat bones. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Next week, Halloween Kills. Ends. Ends. Halloween ends. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be the last time Michael Myers is ever in a movie. Probably. Ever on screen. It's got to be the last time for Jamie Lee. Like, there's no way she's coming back. She got a whole trilogy. What if they, like, cut his head off? She could cut his head off. Yeah. They've already done that. Uh, I was going to say, would it surprise you to know that they did that once? I've seen H2O many a time. Yeah. Dude, that explanation of how he was alive made me so mad in Halloween Resurrection. That's so stupid. <laughs> you see, John, he um, swapped uniforms with a paramedic and put the paramedic in the body bag. So when Jamie Lee Curtis decapitates him at the end of Halloween H2O, it's really just the paramedic who, I guess, was mute and not telling her, like, hey, I'm not Michael Myers, <laughs> by the way. I know I have this mask on. It's not me. Please don't chop my head off. Could you actually call 911? Because I'm pinned against a tree right now. And that would be real solid if you could do that for me. Oh, Lord. Good times. So, yeah. Halloween ends. I don't know. It's Halloween. Hope you guys are having a good time. Congratulations to our winners. That's going to do it for our episode on Hellraiser. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.